You know, we saw a lot of really bad offenses week one, and then you come in week two. Some of them certainly looked better, although teams like the Bengals couldn't have looked worse than they did week one, although now we're worried about Joe Burrow on top of that. How many, like, when you watch some of those week one games heading into week two, did you look at a lot of that as like, oh, this is just rust from some of these teams? Or were there maybe a couple offenses that you looked at and said, I'm, I'm legit concerned about them? Uh, no, because uh, the sample size is way too small. It's infinitesimal right now. It's one stinking game. I mean, look at the New York Giants. Uh, they were terrible for six quarters, and then all of a sudden they flipped a switch, and they went berserk in the second half. And Daniel Jones was a money man. Uh, he was like all the Giants greats, a quarterback rolled into one in that second frame down there against a lackluster Arizona defense. Uh, so he was spreading the ball around and really feeding Darren Waller. Uh, as well, and I know Saquon Barkley, the fallout uh, from that ankle injury on the very last touch of the game from him is going to sideline him for the next three weeks, and we're going to see a committee of sorts, I think, moving forward, uh, likely spearheaded by Matt Breida, but not exactly a workhorse type of running back, and watch out for Eric Gray, the very talented rookie out of the University of Oklahoma, could make some noise as a path catcher. I'll be uh, you know, surprised if we see any player props on him in the Thursday night affair against San Francisco. But, yeah, that's just one example of don't jump the gun on a lot of these teams. I usually subscribe to the rule of three. I got to see three games before I start really having some concrete takeaways for the action witness on the field. Brad, obviously we have the Steelers and Browns coming up here in about 20 minutes or so. Have you gotten a chance to look at the week three lines? Browns are favored by three and a half against Tennessee. Steelers and Raiders in Las Vegas next week is a pick em. Do you see value mm. at this moment in either of those games before Browns and Steelers kick off? Yeah, I would say the Browns. Uh, this is a bit most uh, arguably the balanced team in their division right now. Uh, fantastic defensively. Uh, the EPA defense, they were top 10 uh, via the pass and against the run as well in week one. Again, small sample size, Evans, as you just stated. Uh, we'll see if that continues. But when you got uh, the Chubb Club grounding and pounding teams that a submission, uh, I know Amari Cooper is going to try to gut it out tonight uh, with the love muscle, very tender one there in that groin. We'll see if that holds up. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, Deshaun Watson was a scoring duelist in week one. And uh, I know he was a little bit touch and go vertically, but on the ground going over 40 yards. That's why I like him on a rush yards prop tonight, the over 25 and a half. That is a team knowing that Tennessee, the strength of the Titans all year, and one of my stronger takeaways I've seen so far, they're going to bottle up the run. No doubt about it. They got some maulers there in the trenches, but in the secondary, a completely different story. A lot of pushovers there, and teams can take advantage of them vertically. So if Deshaun Watson shows out tonight as a passer, that is very good news. And given the structure and the balance on both sides of the ball, the Cleveland Browns to go out there and cover next week in the three and a half. Talking to Brad Evans, BetMGM tonight. Are we at the point now where it's just fade the Jets every week and take unders on just about everything for them, given what that <laughs> offense looks like? Yeah, I think that's entirely realistic. Uh, you know, that could be a, a strong takeaway that you may have. Now, Zach Wilson's been a bit of deer in headlights at times. Had that awesome frozen rope that he threw to Garrett Wilson that went for a very long touchdown against arguably one of the most talented secondaries and overall defenses in the league. Right now, the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, who just uh, love? Uh, and then really, they should buy a property somewhere in Manhattan because uh, they absolutely adore, you know, bludgeoning New York teams, whether it's the Giants 
or whether it's the Jets, uh, you know, really the Cowboys firing in all cylinders. They're not chucking cow chips anywhere on the field. Dak Prescott has been laser accurate, completing over 70% of his passes so far on the young year. We know how good they are defensively, whether getting after the quarterback with Micah Parsons or the back end defensively with Trevon Diggs. So, um, you know, I'm really digging this Dallas team as a collective. Meanwhile, the Jets, uh, they say they want to be the 85 Bears defense. Uh, they're not going to be remotely close to that or the 2000 Ravens. Uh, but what we will say is this. Uh, they're not going to be as bad as the Arizona Cardinals are defensively for much of this season. Brad, what do you do with the Bengals, especially this week against the Rams? Line open up six and a half all the way down to one and a half. There's real thought that Burrow might not only be out this week, but maybe for multiple yeah. weeks ahead. What are your thoughts on Cincinnati, especially in the prop market? If Jake Browning's the quarterback, you, we, do we look at Joe Mixon props? Is it Jamar Chase reception props? What would you do with Cincinnati if Burrow can't go? Yeah, it's going to be a, a really a curiosity what the trickle-down effect is going to be. It, it seems like it's going to be long odds uh, for Joe Burrow to suit up. And, you know, we said this on Live and Line uh, before the season began. Uh, my esteemed colleague, the soothsayer, Cameron Smith, even said they were going to lose the first two games. I said, dude, you're off your rocker with that prognostication. And guess what? He was exactly spot on. Uh, E.G. fade the noise, you know, just fade everything I say, and chances are he's going to make some money. Uh, and hopefully, uh, Cam followed his own advice and did exactly that. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's uh, definitely some question marks here. We're Browning uh, looked a little bit rusty, looked out of sorts when he saw uh, some limited action last week. And look, if he is going to be under center, yeah, he'll have a full week of practices. Uh, I'll be really interested to see what the lines come out at on Jamar Chase on the over-under in terms of receiving yards. I plan more toward the reception side because Chase can still get a lot of that separation within a 10-yard distance from the line of scrimmage and uh, could be force-fed. As a result, T. Higgins got off the schneid after his uh, you know Krispy Kreme performance in week one. Uh, finding the end zone last week, uh, adequate yardage as well. Handful of receptions on a high number of targets. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a $64,000 question of how Browning will play exactly if given the reins this week. And I tell you what, guys, soft tissue issues remain undefeated. Burrow could miss, you know, as you said, multiple games. And if that is the case, uh, this team is already snake bitten, but we'll see what Browning does. Brad, got about 90 seconds or so here still. Cowboys are 12.5-point favorites on the road at Arizona, a team that just blew a massive lead to the Giants last week. Meanwhile, we're watching the Cowboys just dominate everybody defensively. So I feel like I don't need to put words in your mouth here when I say you probably like the Cowboys in this game, but let's even go beyond this game a little bit. Of course, look, the total's at 43.5. If you've already got something you like on that total, please throw that in there. But is this big picture, this Cowboys team, a team that you look at and take seriously as an actual Super Bowl contender? Or do you think they're still going to find a way to throw up all over themselves late in the season? <laughs> uh, yeah, they usually swallow a grenade uh, after like week 10 every single damn year, it seems like. But I love the construct of this Dallas team. I said on live and line today that they are a true blue Super Bowl contender. And I'm going to stick by that and stick to those guns. Uh, offensively, uh, they've been dynamite. Uh, again, the pinpoint passing of Dak Prescott in uh, feeding. Remember, Brandon Cooks wasn't even on the field. And weak numero dos, he was facing arguably the best secondary in the league, and he picked him apart. Uh, we 
C.D. Lamb and Ferguson uh, at tight end has really stepped up, uh, filling the void there left by Dalton Schultz, who's now in Houston. And uh, you look at Tony Pollard, he's been a jack of all trades, getting it on the ground and through the air. I will say this, uh, you know, we haven't seen any lines populate yet, but I'll take the over on everything Tony Pollard. Receptions, receiving yards, rushing yards, Tony yards, anytime touchdown. It's Pollard's day <laughs> this Sunday. Fully bought into the Tony Pollard as the feature back. I love it. Brad Evans, live on the line. Always good to talk to you, buddy. Muchas gracias, amigos. Uh, Faith the noise. He'll make some money tonight. There you go. 3-3 uh, now in this one, PJ. Yeah, and we've which got is a second good. One. I mean, Nick, because we took Saints Blake Groupie over one and a half field goals. We're halfway home. Halfway you home. You know I love my kicker props. Bro, dude, the live total's down to 36 and a half in this. So we're going to, uh, I think we're, we're looking at, there's been a lot of, though, right? It's been a lot of first halves where it's been low scoring and then the second half teams have been able to pick it up there's this is the early nfl for you yes it is very much early nfl yes it is it's bet mgm the night